From KGW News, this is Straight Talk with Laurel Porter. Hello and welcome to Straight Talk. I'm Laurel Porter. The holiday season is a time many of us are in the giving spirit. In this episode of Straight Talk, we want to give you some ideas of how you can give and also what to watch out for so you don't get taken in by scammers. And our first idea won't cost you a thing except a little of your time. But the gift you give could give someone else more time. It's the priceless gift of a blood donation. We'll share with you a story I've been working on about how blood donations made all the difference in one little Vancouver boy's life. We also want to show you how your gifts to the KGW Great Toy Drive are helping brighten the holidays for local children and their families. We'll look at how the toys are distributed, how much it's helping, and how you can still give. Plus, the holidays also unfortunately bring out the scammers. KGW investigative reporter Kyle Iboshi joins us later with important information on how to avoid being a scam, uh, being a victim. First, welcome to my guest Juan Coto from Bloodworks Northwest. He's their senior government affairs strategist and also a proud graduate of Western Oregon University in Monmouth, Oregon. I know that's important to you, Juan. Welcome to Straight Talk. Thank you so much and welcome. So, uh, so welcome for having me. Well, Juan, the nation and region are facing a critical blood supply shortage. Just how bad is that shortfall in the Northwest? The, the shortfall in the Northwest and also in our, across our country is a critical one. And we are seeing uh, lower donations. We are seeing a variety of different situations due to lack of staffing at our blood centers. And we are really coming to a critical point where we need blood donations. So it really is an urgent time and we're really working to get this message out. And this weekend is Washington, Oregon Blood Donor Day. That's what we market it as. But it's an opportunity for people to really pay attention to the crisis that's going on because it's not even just because of the pandemic. It's simply because people, are, we are trying to work to make sure that they get the message to get out and donate blood and the impact that it has on the community. What are some of the other reasons that blood donations are in such short supply? You know, it was really interesting during the early stages of the pandemic, we saw the highest amount of first time blood donors go and donate blood and then that dropped off. So some of it has to deal with the fact that there are some situations that are extenuating from the pandemic. Uh, obviously, people are staying home a little bit more. People are, are obviously a little bit busier with family schedules and time. And, and of course, one of the things that we do is we have to do a better job of asking the public to take part. And that's one of the things that we have been working on doing to make sure, and we are getting plenty of support from organizations in the community that help amplify that message. We just need to get people to the blood donor centers and get them to donate blood and have a good experience. And hopefully they won't do it once, they'll do it multiple times become lifetime donors. Tell us a little bit about Bloodworks Northwest. How important are the donations you receive to this region? The Bloodworks Northwest has donor centers starting in Bellingham, Washington and running all the way down to Eugene, Oregon. We cover 50% of the hospitals in the Portland area. So we always try to make sure that we, we emphasize the relationship that we have with the state of Oregon. It's a very special one. And, and just to let you know, the blood donations that you give will be staying right here in the Puget Sound, in the uh, Multnomah County and in the Pacific Northwest region. And, and that's a really a good thing to know that when you take the time to give blood, you're impacting people right in your own neighborhoods, your, your fellow citizens and the people that you live with. Uh, and, uh, and ultimately that responsibility is to the patient. And it's good to know that you're helping patients in your community. 
And I have heard that sometimes people will get text and, and find out exactly where their blood went, which is, is really exciting. How have you adapted to COVID protocols? The FDC, the, the, uh, the uh, FDC and the, uh, and the CDC have also put a number of restrictions on how we are able to collect blood during the pandemic. And obviously we wanna make sure that we are maintaining social distancing and the standards that are there. We have to maintain uh, a, a clean and safe environment. And I believe at Bloodworks Northwest and, and also the other blood centers in the area, they've done a phenomenal job of making sure that we have a clean, safe environment for people who make the decision to come donate blood. We also streamlined our process. So there, uh, there are forms and there are questions that we have to ask, but you can do those online now. And really coming and giving blood is really as simple as getting a haircut or any other appointment-based thing that uh, people do. We really have made that process streamlined and more efficient. You can get in and get out uh, in less than half an hour. And that for people who are looking to save time is a very, very valuable asset. And I've been working on a story with Bloodworks Northwest about a little boy from Vancouver, Declan Reagan, nicknamed Declan the Dinosaur. Declan was diagnosed with acute myeloid leukemia and donations of blood and platelets helped extend his life and gave his family precious time with him. And even though we lost Declan, his story continues to inspire many, including his mom, who is a regular blood donor and is forever grateful to everyone who donates blood. Let's take a look at a clip from the story. I gotta take all the selfies to tag. I post every time I donate. And Laura never misses an opportunity to give back as often as allowed. Squeeze your hand a couple times. Got it. It's looking great. Every 56 oh, days. It's priceless. That's mine. Now it's going away. Yep. What did um, all those people that donated during that time, what did they give you? They gave me time. I'm gonna say it's priceless. So towards the end, um, I lived a lifetime in those five months that all those generous donors gave us. And I just, I can never say thank you enough. You can catch the entire story on KGW's YouTube page. Just search for Declan the Dinosaur. And Juan, there are a lot of stories like Declan's, aren't there, about how blood donations make all the difference. There really are. And, you know, people think about blood transfusion, which is still the number one surgical procedure in the in the world really not only in the united states I, I believe there's a blood transfusion every two minutes in our country but when you think about the fact that platelets for example go to young people who are are getting cancer treatment for the because of the the radiation really it takes away all of their platelets so the the platelet donations and the different things that went into to saving Declan, they're things that we don't think about on a daily basis but the impact that blood donation and uh, blood donation has is just phenomenal. And uh, that, that story with Declan really proves that and shows that. There are a lot of myths surrounding who can and can't give blood. Can you tell us a little bit about that? I can. There are deferrals. And uh, unfortunately, due to a variety of different factors, it's there are and, and that's what the test and the paperwork is for. When you sign, you go ahead and you find out if you can go ahead and give blood. And I believe in our current population of the of the uh, if you look at the United States as a whole, if you look at our region as a whole, 60 percent of the people are deferred for a various reason. And you can find that out at the donor center when you go to donate blood. But for the 40 percent of the people who are not, those are the ones that we really need to get out and donate blood. So it really shows the 
the impact. And there are a lot of myths. There are a lot there are uh, about the deferrals, and a lot of people have told me that they were under some sort of a deferral, and and they they hadn't really had the proper information, and and they were indeed eligible to give blood. So. Um, there's also a lot of myths around uh, different things that can happen and can you get COVID and people forget that COVID is a respiratory uh, virus. It's not a blood-based virus. So you can go ahead and get blood safely without uh, having to fear the risk of, of COVID-19. And, and once again, I wanted to talk about Saturday's blood donor day in both Oregon and Washington. How important is this to try to get the blood supply back up? There are different stages in the year where blood donations drop. For example, here in December, with people leaving out of town and spending time to go travel to visit people, whether it's locally, uh, getting their shopping done, sometimes they, they don't have the time to give blood. Other people are traveling uh, to go visit uh, relatives in, in faraway places. So you, you see people that forget and, and the blood donations start to dip within just about every community. So we decided to approach the Washington State Legislature to see if we could create a, a day that was special. And we looked at the train derailment that happened four years ago on December 18th. And remember at that time, the train was heading from Seattle to Portland. It had the accident near Olympia, Washington, but there were people lined up around our donor centers in Washington and Oregon looking to support those victims. So the important thing is to understand that uh, at, at different times of the year, certainly during the holidays, blood donations go down, but those blood donations that were collected that helped the victims, those were, those were collected two weeks before the accident. So it really it, it tries to emphasize the need for the immediate need for blood donations. And people do need to make an appointment and you can do that on the Bloodworks Northwest website. We'll put that up again. And Juan, uh, we just have a few seconds left. A final thought to leave with our viewers. It's uh, the, you said it at the top, it's the season for giving. And there are a variety of different things that you can do to really not only give back to your families, but also to your community. And if you think about the patients who are getting cancer treatment right, right now, during the holidays, uh, patients who are going through emergency surgeries or even even planned surgeries, this is a great way to give back to, to folks right in your own neighborhood, right in your own community. Please go to our website, sign up, and it's a very, very important time to do it because we, we really have a need right now. Juan Cota with Bloodworks Northwest, thank you for joining us and happy holidays. Thank you so much for the invite and we appreciate your support. You are welcome. And now I'd like to welcome my colleague Josh Schreck, who is the KGW Business Development Project Manager and has led the way for five years on the KGW Great Toy Drive. Welcome to Straight Talk, Josh. Hey, thank you. Thank you very much, Laurel. We have a proud history of the Toy Drive, 40 years. Tell us a little bit about that and also how successful this year was. Right. Well, everyone here at the station knows that when the holiday season comes, that means it's time for the KGW Great Toy Drive. Long, long history of collecting toys, helping nonprofits, helping families in our community. And it's just amazing to be a part of that. I've only been a part of it for about five years, but each year uh, we do as best we can to help as many people as we can. This year, it's been a, another different year. We're still kind of in COVID protocols. We're doing things a little bit differently. We're learning from that. And we're still getting thousands and thousands of donations from our community. So. It's amazing to see the community continue to support the people uh, around them, their neighbors, their families, their friends. 
and being able to help all the nonprofits that we work with makes a really big difference during the holiday season. Now you may not recognize Josh because uh, he doesn't have his uniform on, <laughs> but he is the mystery man behind our toy bot. And you, maybe you saw some of our promos with some of our staff. Josh is the one inside, look at you're a pretty good dancer yeah. there, inside the toy bot costume that was made by Jeff Patterson. I, I just love that. What was that like and, and how challenging has it been uh, during COVID for you and the gang? Yeah, so, you know, just like every other business, we've had to make adjustments. So we normally keep all of our toys here at the station. We've had to work with some businesses to help store toys. Uh, we've had to change how we get the toys into the station or to our nonprofits. We've had to use less volunteers. Um, and so that's been a, a little bit different with COVID. The, the creative team every year does a huge lift on the toy drive. It really is a whole station effort and um, they do a great job. We love coming up with creative fun ideas. The toy bot costume was fantastic. Uh, not that hard to get around in and it did bring a lot of smiles when we were out in the community. Well, this week we had the parade of toys. Yep. Let's take a look at that and show us, uh, tell us how the toys are distributed to the families and children in need. Right, so every year, you know, we have over 300 different small businesses or organizations collect toys on our behalf along with our sponsors each year. And we bring those toys in during a big parade. That's thousands of toys that come into this year our warehouse each year and those toys get uh, bagged up we sort them we organize them uh, we put them in bags and then we're able to uh, allocate specific toys to specific nonprofits and those nonprofits are the ones that do uh, all the distributing to the actual families and kids that need the toys. I miss seeing the toys in our big toy box here right. at the station because it's always so impressive from floor right. to ceiling. It's incredible. Hopefully next year they'll be back. But thanks to our viewers' generous online donations. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people made online donations. <laughs> the Great Toy Drive was able to pay for a shopping spree for the Black Parents Initiative, which allowed them to start giving toys to parents early. So let's listen to how much that means. And it's so appreciated, even just even as an employee of a nonprofit, it makes us feel good because people like you guys care enough to support what we do and to help make our jobs easier for the families that we support. So all around, it's like a, holi a holistic approach to making everybody feel good during the holidays. And not just the Black Parents Initiative, right. of course. I mean, there's so many more nonprofits. We love our nonprofits. That's right. I mean, Lee, Lee got it 100% right right there. She's fantastic. And it's really true. We work with so many nonprofits, well over 100 nonprofits in the Portland area. Some are big. Some you've, you might have heard of, like the Salvation Army. But some are also important uh, organizations in our community. We work with DHS. And then we also work with a lot of smaller nonprofits. Uh, someone like Clackamas Women's Services, who helps support domestic violence uh, survivors. We work with Cascadia Behavioral Healthcare, who works with uh, families who are dealing with substance abuse. Um, and same thing, Trillium Family Healthcare, we work with them as well. They work on with mental health patients. So all of these people, we're able to provide uh, toys to them, and it makes a big difference. And it's really interesting how that shows up. You would think that, what kind of difference does a toy make? Well, that toy provides an uh, opportunity for those families to have hope. It gives them dignity. A lot of the times the nonprofits set up little shops so the parents can go get the toys and then surprise their children with the toys afterward. So it provides a lot of encouragement to the people that are going through a hard time. So your gift really does have a big impact. Very much. And people, as I mentioned, did give cash online. And mm -hmm. so we did the shopping for you. And one of the shoppers yeah. <laughs> was, was Josh. And you were able to shop locally a lot of times. Right. Yeah. Obviously, you know, when we're working with thousands of toys, we can't work with every, we don't 
exclusively work with small businesses, we're, we're dealing with a lot of toys. But we are able to set aside a portion of those donations and work with some of our independent toy stores. So some of the toy stores we work with are like Piccolo Mondo. We work with an organization called Thinker Toys. We have a comic book shop that we work with because, you know, teenagers are hard to shop for, right? So Absolutely. <laughs> um, we have a lot of uh, good relationships with uh stores in our community so it makes a big difference that we're able to not only give toys but we're able to support local business as well. Well I know we've been saying on air that we're wrapping up the toy drive this week but mm -hmm. can people still give? Yes of course uh, we always love your donations it's really easy to give on our website kgw.com toy our online donations are going to be open through the weekend uh, and we will try to get those donations into nonprofits hands today or this year and if we don't, we hold on to those and we'll use those to get a jump start on next year. So another great way to give during the Very holidays. So. We're almost out of time. A final thought to share with our viewers? Thank you. Uh, this makes all the difference in the world to us. For KGW, for our station, it really brings the magic of giving alive. That's what we call it. And it reminds us that our community is fantastic. It's a great way to celebrate the holidays. I know it's become a tradition for a lot of right. families to do this every year and to Very teach much. kids about what it means to give. Yes. And how much more you get out of it. And it's a lot of fun. It is <laughs> a lot of fun. Josh Shrek, thank you to you and your team for all you do. And most of all, thank you to you for supporting the Toy Drive. Well, coming up next, we have Kyle Iboshi joining us next to tell us how you can avoid being scammed this holiday season. We're back in two minutes. Welcome back to Straight Talk. I'm Laurel Porter. The holidays are upon us and people are in the giving spirit and fraudsters are poised to take advantage of that. KGW senior investigative reporter Kylie Boshi is keeping an eye out. He joins us now to tell us what we should be watching out for. Welcome back to Straight Talk. Thanks Kyle. for having me. It's been a couple of years since you've been on the show. It's yes. nice to have you back. Let's talk about some of the scams we sure. should be watching for. And I, a lot of people are buying gift cards, which, which are great, but they somehow figure into some of these scams. Tell us about that. Right. And first to be clear, gift cards as a gift are wonderful. If my wife and kids are watching, I'd love to get a gift card over <laughs> slippers and socks again this year. But to your point, scammers and crooks, they love gift cards as a way of payment. And that really is a red flag we hear about it a lot, especially when it comes to imposter scams. So this is when crooks are posing as the IRS, Social Security, maybe law enforcement, pressuring people on the phone typically to make payment using gift cards. And what do they want you to do? They want you to go to the store and buy gift cards for Home Depot or Target, and they'll use that as payment. Last year, nationwide, more than $148 million were stolen from consumers using gift wow. cards in scams, and that's way up from the year prior. So it's a huge problem. It's only getting worse. And really, the lesson is, if someone calls you or reaches you on the Internet and they want payment through a gift card, don't. Again, they're fine for gifts for friends and family, no problem. But unsolicited calls from someone on the phone demanding payment by gift card, don't do it. Okay, good rule of thumb there to follow. You were telling me about a, a new kind of scam involving uh, the Zelle banking app. How does that work? Right, and I've been hearing about this a lot. I've had several calls in the past month about this. And basically, it's really sophisticated and, and quite tricky. You'll get an alert on your cell phone saying there's fraudulent activity on your account, be it your banking account or some type of financial account, and they want you to respond. And to fix the problem, they want you to use the online app Zelle, which some people may be familiar with is advertised heavily. Instead, though, they're looking to steal some of your money. Mm. We did a story on this several weeks ago, and here's a little clip to kind of explain. It's a, a scammer claimed to be a bank rep in the fraud department and even provided account information, making his story even more believable. 
It's not clear where the scammer got all these details. And they asked me if these were the last four digits of my social security number, and they read me those numbers. And so the crook suggested the bank could reverse the fraudulent charges by using a mobile banking app called Zelle. Zelle is an easy way to send and receive money with friends and family. Osborne hadn't used Zelle before, but recognized the name. It's owned by several banks, including Chase, and widely promoted. Zelle is built right into their mobile and online banking. It wasn't a separate app on my phone. I was in the Chase online banking service. The crook helped Osborne set up a Zelle account, then transfer money to herself, thinking it was a refund. Instead, the fraudster likely diverted those payments, although it's not clear how. The money, taken out of her three Chase accounts, went to the scammer. $23,000 plus. It's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. It's a very big portion of my earnings in a year. So a couple important points about this scam. One is if you get a fraud alert on your cell phone, don't reply necessarily to that text message. Instead, independently, go online, find the phone number for your bank, and call your bank directly and let them know or ask, has there been fraudulent activity on my account? Secondarily, report it right away. So federal law requires, if you're the victim of this scam, that banks repay you, reimburse you that loss. And you've got to report it. You've also got to be pretty aggressive in dealing with your bank and say, hey, listen, you need to refund that money that's been lost. I can see how people would fall for that, but that's a good point to make sure that you pester your bank. It's nice to know you could get reimbursed. This is the time of year during the holidays people want to give. They're also looking at end of year gifts uh, for, to charities. What kind of research should people be doing when they think about giving to a charity? Well, I think the easiest thing you can do is donate to those charities you've given to before, those that you trust. You know what their mission is. You know where the money goes. That's probably the simplest way to give. But maybe there's a new cause that you want to donate to or a new charity. Here are a couple of things you can do. First, do your research. Um, go online and add phrases along with that name of the charity or the cause, such as review or fraud. If that comes up, any questionable reviews, don't give to that particular charity. Also, check out the charity's website. Does it give you information about how it uses donations? You can find detailed information about your charity's mission, maybe their physical address. That type of information should be available online as well. Also, find out if the charity is registered. So the Oregon Attorney General's Office has a great database online. And you can go on, you can type in the name of the charity you're looking to give to and find out if they've submitted the necessary paperwork to the state of Oregon. Additionally, there's all kinds of financial information there. So if you want to do some deep dive into their financials, you can do that as well. And then also check that the donation is tax deductible. If that's important to you, you want to make sure they're registered with the IRS. And that way, if you're giving, that you may have the benefits as far as that is concerned. But I think more than anything, oftentimes go with those trusted charities that you know, you respect. If somebody's calling you out of the blue, asking you to donate, you might want to step back a little bit and think about it. They'll be certainly happy to take your donation a day or two later as you have some time to contemplate. Well, people have seen the promos, Call Kyle, and you've been the consumer investigator for a long time. What is your mission as the consumer investigator? Well, I think it's really important to get information out there. Again, I get phone calls every day from people who've been victimized by scammers and crooks, and it's really frustrating because this is their hard-earned money right. that they've lost. And if we can do anything to prevent that from happening. So educate the public about things you need to be aware of. For instance, if it doesn't feel right in your gut, don't do it. I, I hear that from victims all the time that, you know, it just didn't feel right, or it felt like it was too good to be true. That's mm, a common mm -hmm. refrain that I hear over and over again. 
And I tell victims, that's what it is. It's that moment where you step back and you think. You want it to be true. Exactly. Is this right or not? And so I think we have an important role to inform the public about scams so that they can prevent from becoming victims. But there's also an accountability angle to this as well. Not only accountability as far as uh, public institutions to making sure that our taxpayer money is being spent correctly and systems are being uh, operating well, but also that you know companies that may not be treating customers well or employees well, we need to hold them accountable as well. Well, if you have been scammed or you think you've been scammed, you can call Kyle. Here is our tip line, 503-226-5041, or email Kyle at callkyle at kgw.com. Just a, a final thought, about 15 seconds, Kyle. Well, I think more than anything, people are in that giving mood right now, and especially when we talk about charities and people soliciting donations, certainly be thoughtful about where your money is going because we all work very hard for our money, and we don't want it to go to somebody who doesn't deserve it. Good message to live by this time of year and all year. Thank you, Kylie Boshi, for joining us here on Straight Talk. Thank you for watching and listening. Remember, you can get Straight Talk as a podcast. Search for KGW Straight Talk wherever you get your podcasts. We're off for the next two weeks for Christmas and New Year's. We hope you'll join us next year as we begin our 14th year of Stray Talk. We thank you for supporting us all these years. A happy holidays to you. Have a great week.